Welcome to Valley Christian Church. We hope you enjoy this message, and we would love for you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1030. We're located at 432 East Pleasant in Tulare. After listening to this message, take a moment to browse our website for current and upcoming events. It is our prayer that ultimately you learn to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, today we're going to learn that God is more concerned with the truth or what uh, was to be seen and not necessarily what the world expects. It is very interesting because a lot of time we have this expectation of God, don't, don't we? We, we, we think God operates this way or God operates that way and, and He should do this and, and He does this because I've learned this and we have that, we set up this expectation. Maybe it's the way our parents taught us as we were growing up or maybe it's the way we were, you know, when we first read the, the Bible, we were like, wow, this is, you know, I'm learning about God and we, we kind of box God in and we start to understand as the more we learn that we shouldn't box God in so much. Because the night that Jesus was born, you know, that life that showed up was unparalleled. The angels and the heavenly hosts broke out in song. What an amazing experience that, 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 you know, that had to be. Because if I was in charge of the world, I wouldn't have done it the way God did it. But for the shepherds, it literally scared them half to death. God was in tune with the goals that he had set forth. He did not go to Caesar. He did not go to to Herod. He did not go to, to all the kings to reveal his glory, his son coming to this earth. He wanted to go to the ordinary people like you and I to reveal the glory that was upon this earth. This morning we're going to be in Luke 2, 8. And it starts and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him... They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all, th- all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is a classic story. 
It has been told and heard throughout the generations to the point where many masters, master painters, as we talked last week, have, have painted this throughout the you know, ages and they've come up with different ideas of, of how it should look and what the manger looked like and you know, what the shepherds looked like. And, uh, and, you know, in fact, uh, there was a movie done uh, several, years ago, uh, several years ago called The Nativity. It's a really well done movie. In fact, we have it. We ought to do a night where we actually come together and watch it. It's a great movie. Except one thing, when the wise men show up, the baby is still the baby. Actually, the wise men show up about two years later. But we, as this world, have a certain expectation of what the manger scene looks like. So we always include the wise men with the baby Jesus instead of two years later. The expectations that we set up. But today, I don't want to focus on what, what the modern interpretation or the mo- modern version of this manger scene would be. I want us to think of you know, what it was really like for them. It's interesting that the night that Jesus was born, all the centuries that have, that have passed for the Jews, looking for the Messiah, waiting for the moment where God would reveal himself, he would be born into human flesh so that he could live blamelessly and die for our sins. And that night he was born. There's plenty of people in this world that you would think that he would tell. The day that my child is going to be born. Fortunately for me, I, we sort of know that it's going to be on Friday unless something happens between now and then. But I'm going to be like telling everybody, I'm going to be on Facebook. I got my phone. I'm going to get on Facebook, announce it there. I'm going to be calling several people. I mean, it was such a joyous moment for me. Think about it from God's perspective. His son, his only son came down to this earth and is human now. The God of this universe coming down to this earth. If I was, you know, God and if I was in charge, man, I would be like, don't touch this baby. Don't even think about it. This is God here. And I'm going to come down and take care of you if you even think about touching a little hair on his head. I would have gone to the religious leaders and say, guess what, guys, you've really messed up. You've missed it, but let me show you my glory. You know, they've been studying the scriptures and just waiting for this moment. Many of them would have been waiting for, for, you know, for, for, for God to enter into this world to save them. You know, I would have gone all over Jerusalem. I would have sent a heavenly host, not to sing over, you know, on the backside of the hill, on the backside of Jerusalem, and, you know, kind of down the hill toward Bethlehem. I wouldn't have done that for the, you know, just the shepherds. I would have had the heavenly host appear over Jerusalem, and all of a sudden it would be lit up like it was daylight, and then God sing, you know, the heavenly host sing out, worshiping his son. So everyone would, be, would have known that my son was born three miles away from God's perspective. The Jews were looking for a king, but the king that they envisioned was just like what we do. We box God in. They envisioned, you know, an Alexander the Great, somebody like, you know, coming in on the big white horse to, 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 you know, help them with their oppressors, the Romans. That's what they wanted. You know, from my perspective, it would have made sense for God to announce to the world that his son was born. To, to, you know, present everybody, a, you know, underneath their Christmas tree in a sense, a high-def TV and it's already plugged in the cable and all of a sudden everybody knows that his son is born because it's an L. I mean, you know, I'm kind of modernizing it a little bit, but that's what I would have done. I would have announced it to everyone to view God on earth. But he didn't do that. 
I also think that it would have been a lot easier for Joseph and Mary, don't you think? You know, it wouldn't have been like, well, I'm having a baby, and, well, let me tell you the story. Yes, this is my husband, but no, it's not the father, and just that whole thing. How do you explain that? You know, an angel told me, and, you know, God came to Joseph. How do you explain that to family and friends? Not something that you really want to explain to people. It would have been a lot easier for Jesus also, don't you think? Imagine all the books that would have been written back then about Jesus. I mean, there's some. And there's some, you know, outside of the we, we, extra biblical, we call them, the, in other words, the historical sources outside the Bible that talk about Jesus as a, as a man and stuff. And, 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 but imagine all the other sources if God would have announced it to the whole world. Imagine all the, the people coming in and listening to every word he spoke. Imagine the following that he would have had. I mean, he had a hard enough time as it is, as he gets to an adult and people start realizing, this man is special, this man is God. Some started believing, some are just kind of going, well, I just want to hear a little bit more. Imagine if the whole world knew. Imagine if his birth had been announced to the whole of, of you know, Israel from, by the heavenly host, instead of by these shepherds that were kind of, you know, the shepherds, the, the low men on the totem pole, the job that no one really wanted. I can imagine the shepherds kind of running through town going, okay, who had a baby tonight? Knocking on doors. Anybody have a baby here? Okay, that one's not in a manger. Okay, well, let me keep looking. Something that, you know, most people would have never seen in their whole life they get to see. He would have been so rich by this type of exposure. People would have brought gifts, you know, a lot more than gold and myrrh and frankincense. Think of all the wars that, that would have been prevented in a sense. But God chooses to do things differently. Why? Because His plans are always better than our plans, even though that we think our plans are the best. You know, we start down a road and we think, okay, this is the way we're going to do it. This, I, I, you know, I like this plan. And God's sitting there shaking His head going, no, <laughs> no, you're messing up. Let me do the planning for you. His plans are always better. We like to think, you know, I was talking about decisions, that every decision we make is right. And in the movie, The, the Nativity, one of the wise men keeps saying, and I love this saying, well, if I am right, like I am most of the time, that's a statement that he says over and over during the movie. And that's how we think a lot of times. But God chooses to do things differently. On the night that he chooses to reveal the most amazing news, who does he reveal it to? The shepherds. The most amazing news on all the earth to the shepherds. Of all the people who could have gone to that night, they were the lowest in society. And this has really kind of driven scholars crazy over the centuries because, you know, scholars are, are saying, you know, there's no way that this could happen in December. Well, just so you know, it probably didn't happen in December. It was just a, a holiday that the Romans attached to and said, okay, we're going to make this into, into Christmas, the day we celebrate Christ being born on this earth. It was a, it was a way for, for them to, con- you know, in a sense, control the masses in, a, in the early 300s as, as Rome become a Christian nation, as they called it. It was probably more along the lines of, of the time of April. But still, you know, shepherds were out tending their flock, not in April, but October and November is usually when they were out tending the flocks. But one they, thing they forget is this is a town of Bethlehem. It's three miles outside of Jerusalem, just a little town. And last week we, we talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, to, uh, that to worship God 
you needed to sacrifice something for your sin once a year. And you would raise a little lamb in your own house. And this lamb you would, you would care for and make sure it didn't break its leg or, or you, know, you know, cut itself on anything because then it would have a blemish and, the, and it wouldn't be able to be used. This little lamb was for the yearly sacrifice. And they would bring this little lamb and they, they would lay it down on the altar. And not to be too graphic about it, but, but I think we need to understand they would lay it out, they would stretch its neck and they would literally cut its throat and let it bleed out. And what did the blood represent? The blood represented life. It represents living. It represents a pouring out of the atonement for our sins. And that animal is supposed to be us, of who we are and, and what should happen to us in our life. You and I deserve death for our sins because of the sin that's in our life. But this little baby is born to take those sins on himself so we don't ever have to be that little lamb. You would think that God would want to tell everyone. Let's gather the whole, you know, the worldwide meeting together. Let everybody know what was happening. You would think that he would want to go to kings. You would think that he would want to go to all the politicians because they're so trustworthy. But he goes to the shepherds. These shepherds watched the animals day and night. In fact, these shepherds were the only shepherds uh, in the town of Bethlehem that, that when you brought your animals to be sacrificed, most of the time the, uh, you know, it was really kind of a, a scam in a sense. Uh, the priests had kind of become corrupt and they'd be like, oh no, this one has a blemish. So here, buy one of ours on sale today, 1995, just for you. And they would take all these other lambs. So year-round, lambs would be gro- you know, grown. Lambs would be being raised and watched over in Bethlehem for the sacrifices three miles away in Jerusalem. And there were hundreds and hundreds of sacrifices each week. And they were kept there. And God chooses to go to the lowest of the people. They were looked down upon in society. The job that, that most people didn't really want. And these shepherds would see these animals sacrificed each day. Sounds totally backwards. You would think that we'd want to go to the, influ- you know, the influential ones, not the shepherds. Of all the people the angels would, would appear to, angels show up and this huge light just comes down from the heavenly host and, and the majesty of God is shining down where they're standing and he says... Oh, I'm sorry, here's a picture of, of Bethlehem. This is, we're standing in Jerusalem. We're, taking, we're looking over into Bethlehem and taking that picture. But the light shows up and they're, they're kind of looking up going, what, what's going on? And the angel says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. It overwhelmed them. The full radiant splendor of the Lord shone down upon them, overwhelmed them. And they were afraid. Absolute fear. Now, I've had a lot of people tell me, and, and you know, over the years in different churches and, and different ministries of, yeah, you know, and this, this angel appeared, and, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, you're not really saying that you were scared at all, so I doubt it was an angel, but I don't really want to say that because I don't want to, you know, tear their world apart or get into a, you know, an argument about it or whatever. But I'm sitting there going, if they're not terrified, because most of the time when an angel shows up in the Bible, what does it say? Men were terrified. And they always said, don't be afraid. Well, if that encounter don't ha- it doesn't happen, it's, you know, it could be an angel here and there. The Lord does say that we can entertain angels and stuff without even knowing it. But if God's going to appear to us through one of his messengers, an angel, we're going to know it. It's not going to be, well, I think. 
We're going to absolutely know it. So this angel appears to the shepherd. Now you would think that this, this angel would have you know, been in the throne room and you, th- you would think this, this angel had been around absolute power at one time, absolute truth and absolute you know, morality and purity. You would think he would say, that's right, boys, you're in trouble. You need to be afraid. You, you humans, and I'm talking to you two right here, the, the shepherds here, you have really messed up and that is why I'm here. You know, I wouldn't have to be here if it wasn't for you. You would think that that would be, his rea- you know, be the reaction. Lucky you. God is helping you out. But in fact, it was, it was totally the opposite. In fact, it was, don't be afraid. I'm not bringing judgment on you. I'm here to tell you, you know, I'm not here to tell you humans that you failed. I'm here to proclaim the good news. That God has a, has a message for you. And that message is, is about how much he loves you and cares for you. A son is being born today. And is going to be your Savior. And out of all the people, they would have known what it meant. They were shepherds. They watched over the sacrifices day and night. They saw it every day. These sheep had to be taken to be sacrificed. Theirs was a special job in the lowest of society. And they understood what it meant. That these lambs ultimately did not save you. Why? Next year you had to come and do the same thing. You had to come year after year after year. So these shepherds, what did they do? They were like, man, i I got to go see this for myself. I have to go see this sacrifice. And it's interesting, you know, as... As I look through all the study material, you, you find a lot of interesting things. And one of the things that I found is, that, and I don't know why it was like this, but if you had a you know, daughter born back in biblical times, the daughter was kind of like, eh, okay. But if you had a baby boy, families would just bring presents and all these gifts. And I don't know why it was. That's just the way society was at that time. It, it wasn't a good way of doing it, but that's just, just the way it was. In fact... When, when, you know, when Lisa and I, we didn't know what our baby was going to be yet, and people, you know, were kind of wanting to know, well, are you, do you want a son or do you want a daughter? And I'm like, well, I, I don't care. I just want a, a, you know, little kid. I mean, a boy or girl, whatever God gives me, not like I can, you know, tell God, change it. But for Mary and Joseph, no one was around to bring them gifts. It took two years for the gold and the the, uh, myrrh and the frankincense to actually show up. And it was timely because they needed that to escape Israel. But no one was around. Born in the side of a a house in a little barn. Here's a son being born with no one to celebrate and no one to show up. But God took care of that. First of all, he had this, you know, the heavenly host was there knowing what was, was happening. And later the wise men would show up with the perfect gifts and the perfect timing. It was so special and so powerful. And in the first century, a guy named uh, Epithecus, and he lived during the, the same time as Jesus was born, and he was a philosopher. And one day they were sitting around talking about the Pax Romana or the Roman peace. And Rome was in, a, was in a peaceful time and, and, you know, no one crossed the Romans during this period, so it was a lot of peace. They were in control. And this philosopher said this. He, he said, while the emperor will get peace from war, land, and sea, he is unable to get peace, and pas- uh, peace from passion, 
grief from envy. He cannot get peace of mind or peace of heart from which, for which men yearn far more than they yearn for outward peace. And that's the peace that came into this world. This guy understood something. While the Romans had peace on the, on the outwardly stuff, they did not have peace from within. They did not have that. How do you get peace? This is what this guy was talking about. I wonder if he ever met Christ. I wonder if he personally ever found that peace in his life. I wonder if this you know, philosopher ever come across or heard the story of Christ and, and actually found that peace. During his lifetime, peace would come to this world for everyone who would accept it. All they had to do was recognize it. All they had to do was start believing in Christ. That is where peace is found. And that is why Christ was born. This week I, I sat and wondered uh, about all this, you know, the preparation for this event, uh, you know, the Son of God and the glory of God to be, to be born here on this earth. To have millions of people, uh, you know, around, uh, you know, being moved around all over Rome just to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, just so its truth could be revealed. Of all the things that could have been written about this event, we're left with the story about the shepherds. The angels showing up, they're scared half to death, and I, and I wonder why. And since I believe that, that Scripture is, is true and holy and that every Scripture is, is God-breathed through His Holy Spirit and, and it's for our edification, and, and you know, what do we get out of this Scripture? We're given this story, and, and what makes it so special? I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I looked at it from different sides, and I realized that this group of people is the epitome of the kind of people that God really loves Ordinary people like you and I. Ordinary sinners. Not the greatest of society. The greatest of society think they have it figured out. Not the elite. Not the wealthy. Not the powerful. Not the mighty. Just ordinary people. And he says, I care so much for you today. You are important to me today that that I bring you the greatest news. Jesus Christ, my son, is born today. Come and see for yourself. In 1 Corinthians one twenty six, it says, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before Him. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, redemption, Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Take a look at yourself this morning. God loves you. He truly, truly loves you. And guess what? You are a hypocrite, just like I am a hypocrite. We all are. And yet, God still loves you. This is the miracle of the story. The shepherds who weren't even allowed to testify in a court of law. They were considered the dirty, rotten scoundrels of society. They were thieves. They were nothing. And God appeared in His glory to reveal His Son to them. Why is that? Because they were thieves. We are all thieves of God's love. 
We are thieves. We sin every day. We take, God, we, we take God's love and we misuse it. We take God's love and, and, and throw it away. We misuse it in a way that, that is not worry, worthy of being called his child. And this is the miracle of the story, that he forgives us. He loves us, even though the human part of us is totally against him and his wisdom. So when God really does something through us, we can't brag about it ourselves. Look what I've done. Aren't I so great? If we do, we look foolish. It is His glory, not our glory. The things that, that we should do, you know, should do be for, for God and not for ourselves. God loves us. He loves, you know, He has a special love for ordinary folks. This holiday season, as you're looking at your budget, lack of one, you're thinking about gifts or can I travel? Can I afford to travel or should I travel? Do I want to travel? I think it would be good for us to sit back and think about our lives. We may not have all the money we want. We may not have the career that we want. But we are ordinary folks that God loves more than anything. And if the heavenly hosts were to open up the skies and sing praises... It would be hard to imagine that God would pick us just like it was for the shepherds. I'd imagine for the shepherds just just walking away, just amazed, but at the same time wondering if they imagined it, looking at each other, did you did you see what I saw? Okay, good. I, I thought I was crazy. You okay, this is what I heard, that's what you heard, right? When God's glory, when God's love When God's power comes down into our lives, we walk away and think, did I just experience what I thought I experienced? God loves me. And yet sometimes I feel like I have to hide a part of my life because it has sin in it. And the best thing about God is that He chooses ordinary people to forgive. We don't have to be a certain type of person or be a a person of a certain standing or someone that's just really special in this world. We don't have to be that for, for God to forgive us. Because God looks at you and says, you are my son, you are my child. Why? Because we're all special to Him. This is why He came to save us. We don't have to live our lives all together. We don't have to, to have everything just perfect in our lives. For him to love us. And that's the perspective of the shepherds. The ones that no one really even looked at. The ones that they were pretty much ignored in society. God showed his glory and his honor to them that night. And he can show his glory and his honor to you in your life. All you got to do is look at him. Look to him for the answers of your life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. We can't imagine why you would want to love us. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we think sometimes, man, I really messed up. Or I shouldn't be doing this. Or we're out doing something that we really shouldn't be doing and and your Holy Spirit's prompting us and we're sitting there going, I know, I know. I messed up again. I thank you so much for your wonderful glory that, that you're willing to forgive us, that you sent your Son to the shepherds. You sent your Son to this world. 
for the lowly, for those that are in power, for those that have no power. Your Son came for everyone, Lord. And we pray that during this season that we worship You, during the season where we're out shopping and spending time with family and friends and, and all those great and wonderful things, Lord, that, that we keep our focus on You this season. For Your glory is the one that should be raised up. Your glory is the one that we should be living for, Lord. We thank You for that, Lord. We thank You for sending Your Son to take my sin away from me. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you. May His glory just overwhelm you and your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.